0: Welcome back to the Dabble Code podcast. I am your host, nurse practitioner, Claire O'Brien, and hopefully you saw the title of this episode, but just in case you did not, just want to put out kind of a little disclaimer in case you have ears listening that you don't want to hear this particular topic. This will be the fourth episode in a series that I have been doing about what was initially the potential overturning of Roe versus Wade, which has now become the overturning. Um, so what I want to do in this episode is really just kind of summarize, summarize the three episodes that I did previously, which if you're going to listen to this episode today that I'm, that I'm recording on Sunday, June 26th, please, uh, please go listen to the first Three, just so you kind of know where I'm coming from, or I mean, you don't have to, but I think it would be really helpful. And what I really wanted to say is be- before I even start talking, just please, please understand these are my thoughts and feelings. And I've had so many questions during this whole series that were you know, really, really wanting me to take a stance one way or the other. So the, the way that I started the series was by having a physician on who is an OBGYN, but also specializes in abortion care. And so she's very well versed in kind of the, the laws and what could potentially happen, you know, if Roe was overturned. And so we really just talked about things from a strictly medical standpoint. And that was episode one. That episode, I absolutely flooded my DMs with... Essentially what appeared to me to be white evangelical Christian women saying, wow, I had no idea. I had no idea it could potentially affect miscarriage care. I had no, I've had an ectopic pregnancy. Wow, wow. I had no idea that this could have affected my care. Or I've had, you know, one message was, you know, a sister with cancer that had to terminate a pregnancy at 16 weeks so that she could start her chemotherapy. You know, I think that people just don't realize the impact of things until it happens to them. So that was episode one. So if you haven't listened to the, the previous three episodes, um, I encourage you to do that because I do think it's helpful for context of what I'll be talking about today. And then episode two, I had on Pastor Scott Sauls, who is the pastor of Christ Presbyterian Church here in Nashville. He's written several books. Um, one is a favorite of mine and really why I wanted him to come on. His book. last book he put out, he has a new book, but was called A Gentle Answer. And I think that he... Obviously, is extremely pro life, but does a really good job, in my opinion, of putting things out in a way that should be easier to receive. You know, there are a lot of evangelicals putting things out that are not easy to receive, and it really on both sides. But so, I wanted Scott to come on and just talk about why this particular. Part of Christianity is important, and why he believes what he believes, and just kind of explain from that. And then the third episode was a friend of mine essentially telling her story of why she chose to terminate a very, very wanted uh, pregnancy at eleven weeks. So that's just a little bit of kind of context of what we're talking about today. So those were the first three episodes, and you know, I, I I hope you guys will listen and and just keep in mind my personal beliefs don't have to be your personal beliefs, right? They they just don't. We live in America. Um, It is, you know, a democracy most of the time. So we live, we live here for a reason. And my beliefs don't have to be your beliefs. I'm not asking you for your, to, to match my beliefs. I didn't ask for that in any of the three previous episodes. In fact, I tried really, really hard not to give any indication of where I stand. So I found myself kind of defending myself in in DMs a lot because I wasn't really publicly putting out the way that I feel because I I felt like that would really skew the way that people heard the information. And I was totally right. So it it was super interesting. (laughs) In every episode, I would basically get people not that many but just kind of sending me messages like how could you you know not say this or how could you not you know, call out this or why would you give a platform for this and because that was what the series was for the series was to have a platform because i think what has happened in so many issues but particularly this this issue is we have completely lost any ability to have a nuanced and difficult conversation. So I love this devotional by Paul David Tripp. It's called New Morning Mercies. And I try to read it most mornings, but um, gosh, it's hard when you are like jolted out of bed sometimes by kids and frantic and getting out the door. But when I'm able to read it every single time, it's it's just, it's awesome. So, and it goes day by day. So like it will literally say today's is June 26th, which I, I love because it always makes me feel like it's supposed to be particularly relevant for me for that day. So this morning, the opening kind of little phrase that he puts up at the top said, when you think you're righteous, you expect others to be righteous as well. So you become demanding, judgmental, and constantly disappointed. And that I read that sentence this morning because I didn't want to talk about this again. I don't want to talk about this again. I'm I, I'm tired of I'm tired of talking about it because I I am so disappointed in the response from both sides. I'm so disappointed in things that have happened from both sides that I'm just, I mean, I think we're all exhausted, but I also think it's too important to not talk about. And when I started the series, you know, people just said, Oh, you know, you're brave, brave to tackle that. And I was like, I'm really not. I'm, I'm not. I'm because I'm terrified. I'm terrified to get attacked. And, you know, All I can think about is one comment being taken out of context and it becomes some viral moment of, you know, this crazy white lady in Tennessee thinks X, Y, or Z. So no, I'm not brave. I've been terrified the entire time when I had every single guest on, I was terrified. Um, But that little sentence right there just sums it up to me. Judgmental and constantly disappointed, demanding, righteous. Those are all adjectives that I feel are describing both sides. So today I just kind of wanted to give you guys my feelings, do with them what you will. You, you don't again, have to agree with anything that I'm saying. I'm just giving you kind of my feelings from these past three episodes and and what I'm taking away. Um, so, so first of all, I am, (laughs) and also I think people really think it's very interesting, I think people really think that they know exactly what you think, but I've tried really hard not to, to do that. So first of all, I'm a registered Republican. I am a Christian. I, I, I essentially am I'm conservative in a lot of ways, but there are particular things that so I, I have conservative friends that would say I am their most flaming liberal friends and then i have liberal friends who would say i'm their most conservative you know right wing christian friend so it's pretty wild to me right like i i I, th- I thought i was somewhere in the middle but both sides essentially say that that i'm not so my personal belief one as a medical provider is to see how incredibly disheartening this is because there is absolutely no nuance on either side, and I what I'm what I'm seeing is these red states that are putting in you know the trigger states where immediately there's a certain amount of days. So so many of these trigger states have legislation already written for the potential overturning of Roe versus Wade, and they're that's why they're called trigger states. Is because let's take um, is it. Oh my gosh! What was the state? I was I was just watching. Let's just say Georgia. It's it's not Georgia, but there's legislation that's like in 30 days. You know, X Y Z will will kick in, and then in South Carolina right now, Governor McMaster is is proposing um, a ban, complete a ban on abortions. You know, with no exceptions for rape, incest, um, even you know life and of the mother. So that's so far to the to the conservative pro life side to me that I think it truly is anti-women and the health of, of women. That's my personal belief. Am I a Christian who believes in the sanctity of life? Yes. Do I believe that even an embryo is a person? Yes, I do. I think that I, I absolutely believe that when conception occurs, a life occurs, and I, I hate to to put it in this way. But those of you who have had IVF, who've gone through IVF, would you say that your embryos were not your children? I mean, what if all of your embryos like that clinic in Dallas, you know, disappeared, got burned, the thing got their freezer broke or whatever. And people literally were mourning their children. And so I think we really want to have it both ways in that way, right? So if you're a person who's gone through IVF, Um, first of all, this could potentially really, really affect the way that you're able to get your IVF care, depending on where you live. Um, but it's really hard for me to say, I don't think those are people that embryos are not people that they're blobs of cells. Well, all their DNA is there. I personally believe that God has, you know, knitted together this combination of DNA to make this, this person and whether it was, you know, via IVF or not, and we can get into that whole conversation of playing God, which I, I think it goes through the entire profession of medicine, but that's another podcast for another day. Um, but I do, I, I do believe that, that they are lives. And I think women who have had miscarriages would tell you they mourned their miscarriage at six weeks, eight weeks. 12 weeks, whatever it was, they mourned that child. And so do I believe that abortion should just simply function as a form of birth control? No, I don't. And, and what I don't think is helpful, I keep seeing all these celebrities putting out there, you know, people had this big roundup of, um, celebrities saying I've had an abortion and how different, you know, their lives would be if they weren't able to do that. And, you know, okay, that doesn't really solidify the argument for me at all. I mean, there's, I don't know, there's just not to me a good enough response in that to say, oh gosh, well, if busy Phillips hadn't had an abortion, she wouldn't be, as cool of a actress now, like I I can't, I'm not here to say that I'm like that. That's really what's pushing me over the edge. It's that's just my personal feeling. Um, I think there are a lot of parts of abortion too, that are so traumatic that we really don't want to talk about. And I also had tons of women reach out and say that I had several friends call and tell me, I had an abortion. I think I've I've thought about it every day since. And a couple of people literally were like, I don't know why I feel like I need to tell you this. I don't know what you're going to do with this information. And so I just kind of started collecting it mentally because I felt like I needed to do something with it. And, and so, you know, I think that that's something that we really don't want to acknowledge. You know, there was this movement on social media about, I think it was about four or five years ago. It was like hashtag shout your abortion. Um, I'm not here for for that. I don't think it's like cool and awesome that you've had an abortion. I I don't, not, not one bit. And I think that many, many, many women who've had an abortion and particularly those who have had an abortion and gone on to have more children after that are really traumatized and they think about it and they think about it all the time. And the reason I know that is because they've told me. And I, I don't, so I, so all that to say, kind of going back to, you know am i pro life am i pro choice i'm not going to pick one i'm not i mean well i guess if i ha- if, if i had to pick one here's the thing that that sh- it, there shouldn't be labels you shouldn't have to say pro life or pro choice like who who is pro death i mean I, I don't think anyone is saying i well i don't know actually there is an organization somebody sent me that their whole thing is called opposing personhood and I'm like wait what we have to back up like this is is this where we are like what is happening so you know pro pro life what does that even mean and I think that was what a lot of people missed with the episode with Scott a lot of people missed so people got really caught up in random little things that he said, you know, random biblical references, they would message about that. And my response to them was just, Hey, you know, I think you missed the message of what Scott and I really were talking about is what does it mean to be pro-life? It doesn't just mean being anti-abortion pro-life is so much more complicated than preventing abortion. So am I, am I pro-life? Yes, I think so. But also am I pro-choice? Yes, I think so. Um, it's really difficult. I think there are tons of medical situations that people will never understand. They've never even thought about. They're not even aware that these conditions exist. And is that the majority of abortions? No. I think there's been a statistic that I've seen several times. It's like 98% of, um, of abortions are, are performed you know, electively and not for a, a medical reason. But I also think that's really hard to know. You know, how many rapes go unreported? How many instances of incest go unreported? You know, do we really know? Are we really grilling these women when they come in to have an abortion? You know, were you raped? How did you get here? I mean, the truth is we'll just, we'll never know. We'll really never know. And and that's where the really tricky, difficult part for me begins is I do believe that there should be protection for the unborn. But I don't know where that begins and ends. I don't know that it's a specific number of weeks. I don't know that it's a specific set of circumstances. I I don't know. Do I believe, like the state of New York now allows elective abortion up to, I think, 38, 39 weeks based on, you know, and even if there's, um if there's a risk to the mother, but they put even mental health in there. So like if the mother has anxiety, they can essentially have a full term abortion. Do I think that that is acceptable? Absolutely not. I don't, I really don't. But I do, I also think that's incredibly rare. Yes. Like, so I think both sides are failing us in this way, right? Like both sides are failing by allowing these extremes. I think the essentially left pro choice is allowing crazy extremes like that. And it's not acceptable. And then I think the right is allowing crazy extremes like, you know, heartbeat bills. And I don't think that's acceptable. So all that to say, you know, this, it's just been a really interesting eye-opening few weeks. And I think, I, I hope what my podcast was able to accomplish was for for people that are pro-life um, to, to kind of step back and say, oh gosh, there are really a lot of things that I hadn't thought about. And then for pro- people that are pro-choice to step back and say, gosh, there are a lot of things that I really hadn't thought about because that's where conversations have to happen. They're not happening in the comments. I put up a TikTok today just that I was like bummed and disappointed on both sides. And someone immediately commented and was like, nope, like you, no, then you're, then you're wrong. And why, why can I not be disappointed in both sides? Why can I not say, Hey, I think you're both failing us. I think you're both taking things to such extremes that the other side then feels like they have to take things to such an extreme that we're now in a place where simply because of the way the last kind of 10 years worked out with Supreme court justices, And we don't have term limits, and oh my gosh, it's like such a bigger conversation, and people are holding on to this politicized thing that really is so much more complicated. It shouldn't be about politics. It really even shouldn't be about religion. I I struggle with that because, you know, yes, I'm a Christian, and and this is what I believe, but that doesn't mean that it's what someone else believes, and. There are a lot of things like that for me personally um, that are really that are hard, and I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't have a good answer. I'm not here on this episode to say this is what I think, you know, should happen. I I mean, I'm just here to say a lot of you have been asking, what are my thoughts? What are, you know, what's my response? And my response is, you know, we knew this was coming. That's why I did the series to try and get some awareness because I thought, okay, gosh, well, I mean, not like my three podcast series was going to stop the Supreme court. Although that is very, um, humble thinking in my opinion, but no, um, gosh, what if we'd been having these conversations years ago, you know, where we're talking about, hey, this religious belief is really important to me. And here's why. And hey, this medical belief is really important to me. And here's why. But that hasn't been happening. One thing that's also really been frustrating me, and if, if I'm taking a left, and I also, I'm sorry, if I'm absolutely all over the place, because I don't have like a written out thing that I'm reading from, I'm legit just rambling like stream of consciousness from essentially messages and conversations that I've been having for the last month. Um, so one thing that I, I have seen several times over the last three days has been from conservative Christians, you know, now, now the work should begin because abortion is no longer an option. Um, I, okay. Was, well, Abortion was an option previously, and should the work not have begun then, meaning, so so the the thought which should be how we all look at this is that this let's call it ninety eight percent of of women that feel so unsupported, so whether it's emotionally destitute, physically destitute, financially destitute, whether it's uh, threatened, they feel so unsupported culturally, societally, that they feel like abortion is their only choice for a lot of, a lot of women. Some people, I guess, also just don't want to be pregnant. So they end their pregnancy. Um, which I, I, I don't agree with that, but that's just, that is my opinion. So I personally wouldn't do that, but I, again, don't share the same religious beliefs as everybody here, but that's been really frustrating, you know, because we've, ha- we've had the opportunity and we've missed it. And by we, I mean, we as Christians, we've, we miss you missed the boat guys. Like we missed it. We, we weren't supportive enough. We were too, like the quote, quote in the beginning says, we were too righteous, demanding, judgmental and constantly disappointed. And so these women, um, either turned away from the church or did things in secret, um, did things behind closed doors. We, you know, there's this laundry list of Republican politicians who have girlfriends, wives, mistresses, whatever that have all, you know, that have had abortions or t- even some of their, their daughters. Um, and so it's all just, you know, very, feels very hypocritical to me. It feels so hypocritical. There are enough churches in this country to end, Fought the foster care and adoption crisis, but we don't want to do that. We don't want to do the messy work. We want shiny new babies. Um, we don't want the six-year-old that's got, you know, ODD and ADD from growing up the way that they did. We don't want the 12-year-old. We certainly don't want a 16 or 17-year-old. And we certainly don't want a pregnant 16 or 17-year-old that are in, that's, that's in foster care. Um, so we've, we've had the opportunity church and we've missed it, you know, like a lot of things we really missed, have missed the mark. So yes, there is so much more work to be done. And I, uh, maybe this will, will be the trigger. Um, but I doubt it because, you know, abortion has existed and what have we done to support women to stop it previously? So gosh, I just, I find that, um, I find that really frustrating and really, obviously, really hypocritical, Um, now with that being said, I'm, I'm also here to say, do I feel like there's so many instances that have come up, you know, like my friend, Sarah would, you know, terminating. Do I feel like that was the right thing to do? Like for her? Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I, I don't know that you can physically, emotionally kind of survive that, um, if, and if you haven't listened to that episode, then you don't know the context. So you're going to have to go listen. Um, things have come up like, you know, the 10 year old girl that got abducted and raped. Um, if that was my daughter, yes, I'm, I'm not forcing her to, to keep that pregnancy. I'm just not. Um, so all, all kinds of things. I mean, I think about my friend in, in Charleston who was diagnosed with ovarian cancer and she was 27 weeks pregnant. And then they waited um, about, it was either four to six weeks so that the baby could grow a little bit more, um, become more viable. And she had a healthy baby and then she died. And it, it's now in hindsight, you're like, gosh, would that four to six weeks have, have made a difference? Did she want that baby desperately? Yes. But it, it's just these crazy situations where I think it gets really sticky and, and, and tricky. Um, gosh, and I don't have the answer. I, I just, I hope that I hope this, I guess, clarifies a little bit, just my position. And the only reason I care about clarifying my position at all is just because you guys are are asking and it seems like you want me to, in some way, respond or have an answer. And I don't have an answer. I don't have a good answer. I think it all sucks. I think, I think abortion is heartbreaking. I think that these women that reached out and said how traumatized they are, and they just, they wish they'd known, you know, they wish they'd known how traumatic it would be. And I don't think you realize when you're 16, 18, 20, 25, whatever it is, you just, I think people, women don't realize, and it's, we haven't done a good enough job of, in a supportive way, um, saying, Hey, you know, really let's think about and pray about your decision. Um, and so, yeah, that it's just, there's, there's so many, there's so many stories like that, but then there are so many stories on the other side of women that, you know, like Sarah, um, who wanted their baby so desperately but were in a position where it would have been cruel essentially to bring their baby into the world um and i think it's it's a lot more difficult than we want to make it it's a lot more difficult than we're allowing and you know i just i want to I want to actually close with something that um, Scott sent me today. I was going to call him, but kind of spared uh, both of us. He has been sick and I had a migraine. I was like, I just, I can't have this conversation today, but he kind of updated some things in his essay. And, and, and I love, I love this. Um, One of the best ways to show that you're pro-life is to give your own life away. Invest personally in the care of the vulnerable. And if this issue is truly significant to you personally, Consider supporting measures that help those with limited resources, um, afford housing, health care, and all the costs that go with raising children. Consider sacrificing financially to support women and families in need. Consider fostering a child without a home or adopting. Give your life away. This issue is not a plaything. May our hope and goal be to be better understand, love, serve, sacrifice, and pray in such a way that abortion becomes not simply illegal, but unthinkable because the prevailing reasons for it have been so minimized that fewer and fewer people regard it as a necessary option, and we can all play a role in that. And yes, I wholeheartedly believe that, but I also wholeheartedly believe that there has to be a place for some of this simply to care for women in the way that we have to care for them from a medical perspective. Supplements and vitamins are just a part of so many of our daily lives now. So how do we know what to choose in a brand? My family personally uses Thorn. Thorne has partnerships with hospitals and universities across the country, including the Mayo Clinic and Charleston's own Medical University of South Carolina. You can order any Thorn product through me when you create your account at Thorn.com slash slash dabbleco and you'll receive 15% off and free shipping on all your future orders. When you create your account, you will just be prompted to confirm Dabbleco as your referral and the discounts applied in the cart after you create your account. Again, that's thorn.com slash U like the letter U slash Dabbleco. And you can also find the direct link in the show notes. So is it, is it messy? Yes. Uh, Is he right? I don't know. Is the doctor that I interviewed right? I I don't, I don't know. Am I right? I, I don't know. I I don't have an answer for you guys. this is probably the most helpful unhelpful now 27 minutes of rambling that I have ever done on the internet and I am mentally debating whether to put it out or not, but I said that I am on Instagram so now I feel like I have to um, but yeah, it's just it's really hard and there are topics that I know that I didn't even I didn't even touch on while we're here. Gosh, IVF. I mean, IVF, I didn't even talk about IVF, but I I can't help but look at some of the most conservative pro-life people that I know that have their children only because of IVF. And there are states in this country that are about to say that that embryo is a person in a person that has rights. And that would mean that your IVF essentially would no longer be in your control. You could make one embryo at a time, which is how many twenty to forty thousand dollars, and you would go through one round with one embryo at a time. It would make IVF childbearing essentially impossible, and if if possible, it would be so financially restrictive that these families would not have their their children um, just doing it in in that way. Do I believe that? that embryo is, is a person by their DNA and, and by God's design? Yes, I do. But also someone said this the other day and I was like, damn, if the building was on fire and there was one person alive, but a Petri dish full of five embryos, who are you going to save? You're going to save the, the person you just are. I mean, you, you just are. It's just, it's different. It is, it's just different. And so Oh man, a lot of rambling. Um, a lot of me almost crying. A lot of me just asking you guys for grace, um, to maybe potentially keep this conversation going. Um, maybe I'll keep having guests to talk about it. I don't know what's going to happen legally from here. Um, I really don't, but I do know that looking at my previous home state of South Carolina, which is probably going to follow my new state of Tennessee. I'm horrified. I'm horrified that the life of the mother is no longer important and that an unborn um, child has more rights than an alive adult. Um, That is a very scary thing to me. And I think we're both sides, really leaving out a lot of the parts of the conversation that are such in the sticky middle that we don't want to talk about them because it's hard. It's really, really hard. So, okay. Um, I guess I can only stop myself. No one's here to stop me. So, Thanks for listening. If you've listened to this entire 30 minutes, I hope you're not horrified. I hope you're not mortified. If you have thoughts and, and constructive constructive thoughts, if you want to message me, email me, thedabbleco at gmail.com. Um, if you have guests that you think or ideas for a guest that you think might be good for this particular topic, let me know. Um, I think that I share, not think, I, I know. I know there are so many of us that share this same middle ground, incredibly difficult confusion of what the right thing is to do. Um, And so if you you can think of anybody that would be good to have on and continue the conversation further, let me know, because that's what I would like to keep doing. Thank you so much. Um, As always, rate, subscribe, and share. And it really is really helpful if you have liked any of these episodes to leave a review. That's how podcasts get seen. And if you would do that, I would greatly appreciate it. That's kind of how I keep getting guests and, and keep growing and bringing you guys content that I hope you like and appreciate. Thank you so much for listening. See you in a week.